USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. I almost said the other show. You almost did, I but almost. almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And nuclear weapons. And I won't go there. <laughs> um, it is Mike and Eric this week. Kylan got a little food poisoning. Well, no. He, 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 went, to, he went to a Hydra hideout and got the flu, didn't he? No, really, I told him, shawarma's not for everyone. <laughs> shawarma for you, shawarma for me, not for you. No not for, for Kylan, you. not anymore. No shawarma for you. <laughs> so, um, so, how you been, bud? Compared to the last couple of weeks, um, I'm doing okay. I've okay. had Good. little sleep, uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, a little sleep still. is nothing to laugh at, but I'm sorry, but I, I kind of got to. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I tell uh, you, I, I got to be honest. I'm I'm kind of pumped. I'm kind of excited because I got my Lego catalog in the mail. Oh, that means mine's coming. And there are a ton of brand spanking new Marvel themed sets in there. As a matter of fact, I kind of got the jump on it a little bit because I was at uh, my local Lego store last week and they had a set with, I'm not making this up, Phil Coulson and Lola. The first time yes. either one of them has shown up in in a Marvel set. Now you've in, seen. In, a, in an actual physical set. In an actual physical set because. Coulson was in the video game yeah. Marvel, Lego Marvel's Avengers, and uh, ironically enough, on this in this set, so was his enemy, for the lack of a better word, Justin Hammer and the, the Detroit Steel Armor. And this is uh, this is a, the set. It's uh, number seven six zero seven seven. It's called Iron Man Detroit Steel Strikes. But you know what? Iron Man being in the set is almost an afterthought yeah. because everybody that I have seen and talked to, it's all about Coulson and it's all about Lola. It, it would have been better if it was Cap. And uh, and someone else with that. You know, really, though, I would have liked to have seen this set. If you're going to put Coulson and Lola in a set, make it a shield set. You know, I mean, put in like your Agent May or Daisy or whatever, and, and maybe have maybe have something Hydra, you know, something Hydra with with uh, w- with Ward. There you go. Have a yeah. Ward figure. Yeah. But uh, 
anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's it's a good set. The you, you kind of have to question why they brought out Justin Hammer and Detroit Steel as a, as the bad guy in this set, but Detroit Steel actually showed up in the Lego Marvel's Avengers video game as well. So in a way, it kind of makes sense. In a way, you're still scratching your head. But that's just one of six new sets that came out, and we're, we're recording this on March the 3rd. These sets uh, in the catalog say they're available March the 1st. So these are brand new sets that are just out on the shelves. Uh, there are uh, two more Avengers sets in addition to the Detroit Steel Strikes. You've got... Uh, the Captain America Jet Pursuit, where you have a Quinjet, you have Captain America in a pilot's outfit, which is basically Cap's yeah. red, white, and blue outfit, but with a leather bomber jacket on it. Oh, yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, and I say Quinjet, but it looks more like a mini Quinjet. It's not actually a Quinjet Quinjet. Uh, you have Ms. Marvel. It's the first time I can remember seeing her in a, in a minifigure. Yeah, yeah. And she's got, she's got a uh, weird set of arms. I say weird... Because basically what what her arms are, it's one single plastic tube, one flexible tube. And from what I understand talking to the employees at my local Lego store, you can slide that tube from one side to the other and make one arm longer than the other or make them both, both kind of semi-long. Now, the bad guy in this set is the Super Adaptoid. And that's a name I don't think we've ever mentioned here on no, Mighty Marvel. No. Uh, the Super Adaptoid is... Um, it's like a it's like a shape shifting robot that adapts qualities of other characters. In this, he's got uh, he looks like he's got Iron Man's armor. He's carrying a copy of Cap's shield, and he's got Falcon's wings. So it, it's an interesting set. I don't really care that much for the jet, but the figures make it good. Now, rounding out the Avengers side of it is the Hulk versus Red Hulk set. Yeah. And this is definitely a we're making this for the toy kind of thing. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever in any kind of story mode because, you, of course, you've got the Hulk and Red Hulk. But you also have the She-Hulk and the Red She-Hulk. Does that make any sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and it's good to see She-Hulk have a figure of her own. Yes. It is good. I'm a little fuzzy on why. I guess you would have to have a Red She-Hulk if you're going to have a regular She-Hulk. I don't but, know. Is there actual Red She-Hulk in existence? Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I'm sure through the magic power of Google, we can find out. Looking now. Uh, and apparently there is. Betsy Ross. Well, there you go. Betsy Ross. And it does kind of make sense because she, the Red Hulk is General Ross. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But uh, anyway... No, the the real Whiskey Tango Foxtrot moment here isn't the fact that you've got Red Hulk and regular Hulk squaring off. It's not even the fact that you've got the Red She-Hulk and the She-Hulk. It's that you've got both of them piloting vehicles. Yeah. Since when does the Hulk need a vehicle? For the same reason why in the DC side of things, the Flash needs a vehicle. I guess so. Now, all right, I'm just going to read the, the description under this set. It says... Prepare for endless superhero fun with these robust, smashable vehicles with special jumping Hulk function function and onboard stud-firing weapons. Jumping Hulk function. Basically, what these are, they're Hulk launchers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're cool. They look kind of like something straight out of Ninjago, but hey, that's okay. Now, on the other side of things, the other three sets are strictly for tying in with the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. 
You have uh, the first one is Ravager Attack. And I bought this bought this set at my local Lego store today, and I've been putting it together while we've been prepping for the show. I guess I should say while well, Mike has been prepping for the show and, and me just slacking off putting Lego together. It has Rocket Raccoon, which is the reason that I bought it. You got Mantis, and you have the villain of the movie, Taserface. Now, you remember, we did discuss this this character being introduced uh, you know, several issues back. And in the comics, Taserface is a character straight out of Guardians of the Galaxy. The original lineup, not the, not the current lineup. And he was, in the future, he was a scout for a race called the Stark. And it was an alien race that had basically imprinted themselves on Tony Stark and the Iron Man armors and stuff like that. Well, in the MCU version, that Taser face is not this Taser face. Uh, Taser face is a Ravager. And according to what we know of the movie coming up, he leads a mutiny against Yondu Udanta, which is why we see Yondu with the Guardians and not with the Ravagers, because basically he's been overthrown right and he is described by james gunn this is according to the marvel cinematic universe wiki uh he is described by james gunn as a horribly dumb person but yet he is also described as an extremely powerful individual in other words it's very strong very tough very mean in a fight but he ain't got much from the neck up and the figure and i I wish this was a video podcast instead of like a regular podcast because you could see I'm showing him through my webcam to uh, to Mike right now, and you can see he's he's got like a, a fantasy dwarf beard, kind of like Gimli's beard, and he's got like a combination ponytail slash mohawk. Yeah. It's it almost is. like a slimline mullet. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what it is. It's a mullet mohawk, and he's I, got a – go it, ahead. It's the official – Official hairstyle of Alabama. All right, now. Okay, of, of University of Alabama fans. Okay, that, that's that's a little better. I'll have <laughs> you know, my mullet was never this severe. And yes, I did just fess up to having a mohawk. Not a mohawk, but a mullet. It was never a mohawk mullet. But anyway, uh, this this figure, he's got like a cool bazooka looking gun. And um, Mantis, well, she looks pretty cool, but I'm still going to have to wait to see how she comes out in the movie because I'm not really sold on her just yet. And this set, it has a, uh, it, it has basically like a, a Ravager fighter in it. It's kind of like the Milano. It's kind of along that same line, but it's just like a single seater, very small, like a little pop-up bubble canopy, that sort of thing. Uh, you also have Aisha's Revenge, which has a, uh, a laser drill and a golden drone spaceship, two of them. And then the, the golden drone looks kind of like the, the mining vehicles from the, from the first movie, you know, the little pod things where they're flying around in nowhere and they've got the little pods. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Now, that set has Aisha, Yondu, Star-Lord, and Baby Groot. I am going to have to get this set just for Baby Groot because it is a cuter Lego figure than it has a right to be. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's kind of like, it, it's it's probably the most adorable bit of Lego that I have ever seen. And I have seen a few. And rounding out this, the, the, the Guardian set is the Milano versus the Abelisk. Now, the Abelisk is the... Big old pink tentacly monster that we see in the trailers. And apparently the uh, movie opens up with them being hired to kill this thing. So you've got Nebula, you've got Gamora, you've got Drax, you've got Star-Lord, and again, you've got Baby Groot. Right. But you also have the Milano. And it's a, it's a smaller Milano than the last last one. Yeah, yeah. This one's just a two-seater. And it looks like, you know, sitting in tandem. And of course, you got the Abelisk head and tentacle things and... It's a neat-looking ship. It's a neat-looking set. 
Uh, now, it is priced in there at forty nine ninety nine. So that's going to be the most expensive of the three. The uh, the Aisha's Revenge was twenty nine ninety nine, and the uh, Ravager Attack was nineteen ninety nine. And you've got like a similar price structure with the Avenger sets. The uh, the Captain America Jet is nineteen ninety nine. The Detroit Steel Strikes twenty nine ninety nine. Now, the Hulk versus Red Hulk is actually the most expensive of them all, and that is fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, sounds insane. It is. Now, it's not as insane as the Helicarrier, which is 350 Right, but yeah. so worth it. Yeah, it is kind of worth it. But uh, anyway, they also have a new thing, the Brickheads. And I don't remember seeing these Brickheads before in stores. They just started. Okay, so there are four Marvel ones. Uh, Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, and Black Widow. They're nine ninety nine a piece, and they actually look pretty cool. Uh huh. They're not brick heads like you have seen people make, where it's just like a square with a that's turned forty five degrees, so it's like a point. Right. Uh, they almost look like Minecraft figures, super deformed. Sort of. You know, they're they're kind of like a cross between Minecraft and Funko Pop. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that's a Lego. Exactly it's like a Lego's version of Funko. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So those are the sets that are out now. That are just that have just come out now. Now, if you go to Lego's website, you can still get a, a good number of them uh, of sets that are out there. Uh, I mentioned the Shield Harry Carrier. There are some uh, Mighty Micros in one set. You got Spider Man versus Scorpion, and in another set, you've got uh, Iron Man versus Thanos. My daughter has one of the original sets, which was Cap in the little micro tank uh-huh. versus. Um, Red Skull, and he's got like a little rocket, like a little missile truck. Yeah. And what these are, if you've never heard of these Mighty Micros, they're basically like, they're Lego Marvel Mario Karts, for lack of a better term. I mean, they're they're like little little bitty micro cars, and they've got a figure in each one of them. And the only problem is these figures have the kid legs that don't move. Uh, oh, yeah, there's also Wolverine versus Magneto, where Wolverine's driving around in like an X-Men jet. Uh, you've still got, you can still get uh, the Black Panther Pursuit set that was a tie-in to Civil War. You can still get the Spider-Man Ghost Rider team-up, which I have that set, and I really like Ghost Rider's uh, motorcycle in that. Uh, there is a set called Tanker Truck Takedown, which has Cap, Spider-Man, Hawkeye, and Vision. Uh, Spider-Man with Doc Ock's Tentacle Trap. Now, this is an interesting build because you have Spider-Man versus Dr. Octopus. That's nothing new, but Dr. Octopus has a giant robot yeah. that he rides around in. And I want to say all this kind of started from... Um the DC side when there was Bat, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman versus Alex Luthor in a robot. yeah yeah I mean it's it's got that feel to it now in this set there are some interesting minifigures as well you've got uh, I can't identify what the the police guy is there's a little police boat but you do have White Tiger you do have Doctor Octopus and you have Vulture Vulture so looks, looks cool Vulture does look cool uh, let's see what else can you get uh, the superhero airport battle from Civil War that's still available. Uh, the Spider-Man Web Warriors Ultimate Bridge Battle, uh, that's that's $99.99, so be prepared to open your wallet. There are a ton of figures with it. Uh, let's see, Spider-Man, of course, uh, Scarlet Spider, Spider-Woman, yeah. uh, Green Goblin with a Goblin Glider, Scorpion, and Craven the Hunter. <laughs> and also, it looks like Aunt May. <laughs> yes, over in the corner, Aunt May. Or, or as Tony Stark would say, hot ant. Well, this one's the old hot ant. So, uh, 
She was hot yeah. at one time. Yeah, uh, that I do not doubt. Uh, and did I mention the Doctor Strange Sanctum Sanctorium? Yep. Retiring I did. soon. Retiring, Retiring soon. soon. So, yeah. Uh, that may be the next set that I get just because I want it before it retires. Uh, that one I think would be cool to have. Yeah, that's only twenty nine ninety nine. by and, the way. And that's, com- and that's coming from someone who is not a Doctor Strange comic fan. Yeah. So that's that's my Lego news for the day. I mean, we, we went through what's new that came out uh, available March 1st in the catalog. And those, and I also point out what you could still get off of Lego's website. And you know, if there's a Lego store near you, uh, I know there's a Lego store near you, Mike. There's a Lego yes, store near is. me. Uh, so hop on down to, to your local Lego store. You never know what you might find there. Well, I'm going to say this is kind of breaking news. Yes. Um, I saw it on Facebook, but I'm not sure who I saw it from. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con is going on right now. Up in Seattle, isn't it? I believe so. Seattle, I believe. And apparently, Stan Lee has received a very honorable award. He has been Patriot, uh, Patriot something. I can't. Basically, he, he, he's been given lifetime access to the Signal Corps Association since he was a World War II vet. As oh, a that's right. He was. In the, in the Signal Corps. I'm trying to find the story. And so, yeah, uh, that was pretty cool to hear about that. Ah, here we go. Stan Lee gets inducted into the Signal Corps Regimental Association. Okay. Uh, Good deal. Comic book legend and former U.S. Army signal soldier into the Signal Corps Association March 3rd at the Sheridan Hotel in Seattle, Washington. Good on you, Stan. So congrats. Long overdue. Yes. In my opinion. And Stan, you are more than welcome to come and talk about your time in the Signal Corps here on this show. Yes. I'm sure it had it had a lot to – his time in the war probably had a lot to inspire uh, Captain America as well. Actually, you know what, Stan? You can come in here and talk just about anything you'd like to talk about. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about baseball, we could talk about baseball. You, you want, want to talk, talk about, about hockey? We're good. As I'm wearing my in one of my NHL All Star jerseys from this <laughs> year's game. Um, well, tell you what, World War II vet. How about a little Legion? Uh, the show about David Xavier, Professor Xavier's. That, son. That's a weak tie-in, but we'll 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 wave play on. All right. Um, this is coming from Entertainment Weekly, the review, because you know what? I haven't had a chance to get caught up on it yet. I'm hoping this weekend, but we can't neglect doing the reviews on the show or a recap oh, no. of the show. Oh, no. So um, Entertainment Weekly gave this, this week's episode an A by chance. Um, really? Yeah. And as the article reads, uh, as the first season of Legion, and, I, and I'm going to paraphrase this off and on throughout uh, I'm going to be quoting it. I'm going to be paraphrasing it. Uh, as the first season of Legion carries on and we slip further into David's mind, apparently it's a big mind to delve into. Our usual well, assumptions about... It's kind of crowded in there. Uh, our usual assumptions about TV and its form and constructs become less and less reliable. This this is essentially what happened at the at the uh, first season reveals of Mr. Robot. So now I guess we're getting comparison to Mr. Robot. So, uh, the, the trick with where we stand with Legion right now is it's multi-pronged. The fourth episode of the season explicitly deals with David's manipulation of his own memories. 
First, there's a bloody audio recorder from Dr. Poole's office. Later, we see how Benny, a non-Aubrey Plaza-looking man, became Lenny, an Aubrey Plaza, or became Lenny, an Aubrey Plaza-looking woman. Did David consolidate the two in his grief of his friend? Um, and I just realized I'm saying I'm a lot. Uh, is her appearance in the earlier memories an expression of how inescapable that guilt is that we still don't know? And, but by working the investigation of the old school at the old school gumshoe level, Katomi and Sid have established some facts first with the records of quote unquote memory and then with Philly. Uh, those are based on highly subjective memories. But checked across several people, some basic things become more clear. It's kind of like uh, Spotlight, the X-Men edition. Hmm, could be. Uh, then there's a larger, larger question on whether Sid and the rest of Summerland gang have left David's memory at all. Katomi is convinced that, yes, they are out, but David's powers have surprised them before. So sounds like we're getting a little bit of John being being John Malkovich in this. Oh Lord, that was kind of a messed up movie. Yes, it was fun, um, but messed up. So jumping ahead, is that the detail of the scene? Of uh, I guess I need to go back. And then there's actually some evidence to support that beyond the boy who still kind of looks like Hitler to this author. Uh, every time he shows up, Philly's earrings look just like the ladder that David climbed to get into Oliver's ice lounge. Is that a detail of the scene just for fun? A, just a fun red herring? Or is that a sign of that the real estate office and David's astral plane aren't as far apart as we are left, led to believe? I am definitely going to get caught up this weekend before next week's episode. Yeah, because I, it, it sounds more and more like just a psychological kind of show. Yeah, but it, it, it's kind of sounding that it sounding like it's I mean, we're still going to cover it because it's a based on a Marvel property. Yeah, we can't say it's, this is the show about all things Marvel if we don't try to cover. And and I know, I know, I know we haven't covered the animated stuff. So tell you what, you want us to start covering the animated stuff, hit us up on Twitter at Marvel Geeks and let us know or email us at MMG at Mighty Marvel com or Mighty Marvel net and let us know. <laughs> um, maybe it's something that once a month we do a backstory and update the month in anime or in the animated series. Do it once a month. Um, so looking ahead, it seems like we're finally about to get some real info about the devil with the yellow eyes, not the red dress or the blue dress. Um, and devil the, in disguise? No, that was Elvis. Never mind. The New Jersey Devils? Right. Uh, the end heavily implied that Lenny would that the Lenny we've seen since her death or his death uh, is actually that fat that fat bastard. He's been feeding a lot of David's uncertainty, fear, and guilt, and possibly a gambit to escape the confines of his mind. So, um, it's my mission to get caught up this weekend, and I, for sure it'll be. I I, I want to say hopefully I could get into this. And it's something that if it's twisted like this, it keeps me uh, interested quickly. It keeps me engaged quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because if not, it's going to be hard for me to watch this series, even for the show. Mm. Well, I tell you, a show that it's not going to be hard for me to get interested in is The Inhumans. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we... 
and we've got a lot of casting updates because it seems like they like like Marvel's just been hitting us, you know, rapid fire with with casting news. Yeah, and there's a lot of it coming. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a lot of it, which I'm surprised. Uh, like one of the ones I know that has come out is. Um, Ken Lung is going to be playing Minister Karnak. I could see that. He's he's kind of got a good look for it. So, um, trying to think. Is this an actual, you know, the picture in this, is this an actual screenshot from the series? Or is this from when he was in? No, this is from when he was in Lost. Okay. Now, if you're looking at the article that I'm looking at, yes. From sci-fi? Yeah, from sci-fi. I, this is yeah i mean this is this is a great casting because i mean you put a mask on this guy this guy is a dead ringer for for what karnak has looked like in the comics ah karnak and we're not talking about the johnny carson skill oh, never mind sorry so, so i can't do the denver broncos minnesota Vi- or buffalo bills oh. and and rotten salad well, you probably could but those are those are three things would- that those are three things that stink in a bowl but I, but that joke came out before the Broncos won their first Super Bowl. Yeah, so you can't really use that anymore. Minnesota Vikings. Oh, no, oh Minnesota Vikings, definitely. No. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe? I don't know. Cleveland Browns? New England Patriots. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> well, obviously, if we have Karnak... Of course, he's the cousin to Black yeah. Bolt. Well, see, that's the thing. It's they're <laughs> they're all related. It's almost like taking off on that uh, famous hashtag. It's all connected. It's all related. It's it, it's it's kind of like a Southern family reunion. You know, it's everybody's related to everybody else. Yeah, but uh, but we do have Black Bolt and Medusa cast. Uh, you know, we you know, we've heard before that Iwan Rion, Iwan Rion, I guess that's how you pronounce, has been uh, Maximus, that which yeah. Black Bolt's brother, but. We have Anson Mount, who is star of Hell on Wheels at, over at AMC. He has uh, been chosen to be Black Bolt, and I, I like this. I like this choice. He's got the nice jaw, and you know he doesn't have to open his mouth. Uh, so you know whether or not you don't have to worry about casting voice or anything like that. That that did kind of come out wrong. It's kind of like maybe if we're like doing Vin Diesel, then it would make more sense. But anyway. Vin I'm Diesel is here. Bla- here. Here's my Vin Diesel quote: "Is Black Bolt." Okay, exactly. <laughs> okay, now as for Medusa, uh, she will be played by Sorinda Swan, who is an alumnus from Smallville and Supernatural and Chicago Fire. So uh, it will be interesting. the The article that I'm looking at here says uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see how Medusa's hair will look on TV. I'm thinking. Gonna, I'm thinking green CG, screen. Got to be green. Green screen, skull cap, and then CG'd. Yeah, it's pretty much got it. Well, you know, she might be able to wear like a a short wig, but well, Possibly. actually, what I see will probably have well, will probably happen. They'll probably use several different ideas. They'll probably have you know two or three different wigs that she can wear depending on what kind of shot she's going to be in: close up shot, medium shot, long shot. And then where they can't just get away with the wig, because we're going to have to remember, this is going to be on a TV show budget. Okay. So we say that, but what other shows have... I understand that, but they're going to try to take the cheapest effect that they can. I mean, that's just, it's, it's just good stewardship of the budget. If you can get away with a wig and make it look right, you're going to use a wig. 
True. So, but that will be fun to see. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, on top of that, um, we still got other castings involved as well. Um, Emi Ikwakanor. Ikwakanor. Yeah. Uh, is, will be is being cast as Gorgon. Um, That's going to be interesting to see. Isabel Cornish. That was a tough name. As Crystal. Mike Moe as Triton. Okay. Sonia Sonia Balmores Balmore. as Aaron. Yeah. Ellen Waglam as undisclosed character. Undisclosed character is usually what they mean is a character we are introducing that we have made up on our own trying to introduce you to the characters. And then, this is going to be like the the spike and spark plug from the Transformers series. Yeah. We're going to be – they're basically going to be our link to the show. Yep. We're uh, going to see the show from this woman's perspective. And then Lockjaw as himself. You know, I'm so glad that they got him. I heard that there was some budget holdouts. You know, he he wanted an extra large trailer. So it's a 2,000-pound dog. I, would hope I didn't say it was unreasonable. What were they going to do? Give him a, a portajon? Dude, a 2,000-pound dog? A port? He ain't going to... No. 2,000-pound dog's not going to pit in a porta potty That's what... <laughs> that's what I say, too. So... Yeah, <laughs> the bone is going to have to the, the bone he chews on is going to have to come out of the La Brea tar pits. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So we're being we're, facetious here. Technically, yeah, you know, we all know two thousand pound dog CGI. Yep, yep. How strange was that? Not very. Not as strange as what came out on Blu-ray just this past Tuesday. That, of course, being Doctor Strange. On a Blu-ray DVD. Now, it had been available as a digital download uh, back on Valentine's Day because, quite frankly, nothing says, baby, I love you, quite like a trip to the dark dimension. But now we do have the the DVDs out, and I think I just closed. <laughs> oh, I think I just closed the, the thing. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Uh... I did. Okay, I have it. Well, this okay. was, this story was originally back in January, but yeah, but we didn't talk up. about it because it was still well, a ways off. Yeah. Now the the three disc edition. Now, if if you don't just want it on DVD, you don't just want it on Blu-ray, you don't just want it on 3D Blu-ray. Well, you can get all three at Best Buy for twenty seven ninety nine. Yeah. And for some reason, my computer keeps wanting to tell the Best Buy website that my nearest store is Douglasville, Georgia. I don't understand why. That's because like three hours away. Because your your uh, computer is is um, oh shoot. Uh, <laughs> I'm blowing my own joke. Sometimes, sometimes, folks, we do have to come up with the puns in advance, and this is why. But uh, anyway, we do have on uh, Blu-ray, the Blu-ray and digital releases come packaged with over 80 minutes of never-before-seen bonus features, including five behind-the-scenes featurettes, five deleted scenes, an outtake reel. And you've got part two of the, they call it a mockumentary, Team Thor. Yeah. Team oh. Thor. You remember the first one where he had the yeah. roommate? This is this is part two of it. And if you remember the mid credit scene where Thor shows up 
and uh, he's sitting down to coffee slash tea slash beer, which I thought I, I thought that was a, a wonderful scene right there. But uh, and audio commentary. I love audio commentaries. Sometimes um, I won't even watch the movie. I'll watch it with the audio commentary. Yeah. And an exclusive look at the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jarvis just gave me word. Your computer's name is Ray Charles because it has Georgia on its even, mind. I think, I think even Jarvis <laughs> is kind of reaching for these nowadays. <laughs> Nothing but love, Jar. But, yeah, I, this is um, – now, of course, there are some, uh, and, and I hate these, exclusive features depending on where you buy them. Yeah, uh, which I am now, hating that. Now, I don't mind it when you do get stuff like at Best Buy. You've got a specially marked limited edition steelbook yeah. featuring art based on the you know, the Book of Cagliostro and the Eye of Agamotto. That's that I don't mind. If you want to have a special package artwork going with it. Now, if you go to Target though, where you can get specially marked Blu-ray combo packs that include exclusive behind the scenes digital content. That's yeah. what I don't that's what I don't like. See, I'm I'm a, a bonus feature junkie. Me too. I hate this idea. This could almost be another rant. It could. I hate the idea. And, of course, it started with Thor The Dark World, and then it continued on with Star Trek Into Darkness Mm -hmm. of, oh, we have to split up all the bonus features across all the retailers just to get people to buy the various copies to get everything that they want. I got news for you people. If you are one of those people high up in the marketing side of things, I'm just going to tell you guys, I'm only going to buy this once. Yeah. So I'm not going to go and buy one copy of the movie at Best Buy, one copy of the movie at Target, one copy of the movie at Walmart, etc., etc. I'm not. You are you are creating an unnecessary flood of stuff. Yeah. And you're really killing any kind of customer satisfaction because just give it all to us in one spot. Okay? Yeah. This isn't a which retailer do you like best popularity content. I don't have a problem if... Give me all the bonus features. If I want the Steelbox cover, I go to Best Buy. If I want... The plush, I go to Target. If I want a lithograph, I go to Walmart. I pick and choose that way. Yeah. Don't cheat me on my bonus features. That's exactly what I'm saying. When you're killing customer satisfaction, you're not giving us what we want. You're giving us what you want to give us. And quite frankly, it's cheesing us off. And you don't like Mike when he gets angry. I start to turn green and red. Okay, maybe that didn't work. <laughs> you start to turn green. Well, so does the steak when it's been left in the fridge too long. I resemble that remark. Oh, wait. Never mind. Uh, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> I wouldn't have fessed up to that. But Explains yeah, I mean, Kylan's absence. Oh, there you go. See? <laughs> like I said, shawarma's not for everyone. So, yeah, I, I am looking forward to picking this up because the special effects look sound like they're going to be really good. Yeah. Audio commentary, going to love it. Question is, which which copy are you getting? From where? I am probably going to get the one from Best Buy. I don't really go to Target that much. I, I never have. See, I could care less about the Steelbook. And I could care less. I want whichever one is going to give me the most bonus features and the digital copy. You know, I just prefer going to Best Buy. I really do. It's where I where I like to buy my electronic stuff. It's like I where I like to buy my movies and stuff. 
Where I live, the Target and the Best Buy are within shouting distance of each other. And when it comes to going to get a movie or get a video game or something like that, I always, and I do mean always, go to Best Buy. Yeah. I mean, this. we could just say this issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks brought to you by Best Buy. But really, it's not like a paid endorsement. That's just where I like going. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. If they carried Lego outside of Lego Dimensions, I'd probably buy that stuff there, too. Actually, no, no I wouldn't, because I like the Lego store that's near me. So, anyway. how, how soon before Lego starts adding Marvel into the Lego Dimensions? Um, I really don't think you're going to see that. I know. I don't. And the reason being, they already have the distinguished competition. Yep. They have the, the deal with Warner Brothers, which covers DC and Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. And they've got the deal with Universal. So you got like Back to the Future. Yeah. And uh, Gremlins, I think. Yeah, Gremlins. So you've got the competition to Disney and Marvel. I don't see them doing it. I don't either. Unfortunately, I would like to see it. Yeah. Should we see it? Yeah. Will we see it? No. No. No, 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 no. No. And I, I have a confession. I have not gotten into that game yet. I haven't I'm seriously debating. I'm seriously debating if I really want to get into it because I got so into Disney Infinity where we had to we had to collect all the figures, we had to collect all the power discs, we had to collect all the sets. And really we just kind of got tired of it and realized that we just sunk a ton of money into a game that we don't really play anymore. Yeah. And Dimensions is probably going to be similar to that. Yeah, because unfortunately, to to expand into the different areas, you would have to have mm-hmm. um, the different the different things. Although I will admit, the Doctor Who and the Mister T play sets, <laughs> they're free. I do cool. want to get. I, I do want the Mister T. <laughs> yeah, it's like here, y'all can have the chip to the game. I'm keeping the figure and the van. Yeah, I, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. See, even the dog could do that. Yeah, and she kind of is at the moment. <laughs> Okay. How many times have I told you not to let your dog play PlayStation? They'll hog it. I know. I know. She she's boning up on the new Nintendo Switch. Oh, is that it? Yes, that has just come out. <laughs> That's probably the best bad pun segue that you have thrown out there tonight. <laughs> well, you know what? How how about some stuff that changed changed things? I'm talking eight Marvel Star Wars characters that changed the Star Wars galaxy. Do tell, Uncle Mike. Uh, number one, Dr. Afra. I can see that. Especially since she's got her own series now. You got to ask the question. Um, oh, Lord, who's who's the writer for Afra? Or I guess we should say who's the writer for Vader. Because that's where you found her. Karen Gillian. Okay. Got to wonder if when this character was being thought up, did they figure she was going to she was going to be the, the hit that she is? I don't know. See, at this point in time, I want to see her her um triple b and uh and her astromech yeah be turned into figures i want to see them as lego that too i want to see i want to see all three of them as lego and and action figures uh of course vader wasn't always competent and a fearsome warlord during his earlier years he became dangerously close to falling completely out of favor with the emperor which we see in the book yep um but he was able to begin making, or he began making plans to build up his own forces in an act of self-preservation. Um, he was able to do so after meeting Doctor Afra. 
an archaeologist who specialized in in restoring and reprogramming old droid and weapons technology. And she turned out to be quite the Vader groupie. Yeah. Uh, she is the first major character not seen in the film to get her own ongoing ongoing series. And it has become one of the n- newest and most integral parts of the Star Wars community. Intriguing, yeah. Definitely. I She's a good. She's a good character. A good character all around. I mean, she, good as in good alignment. No, um, she's she's pretty. Her moral compass doesn't exactly point north. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. But she's an interesting character. Right. Um, now, next character is O M R one. He was a droid held captive for carrying information vital to the resistance. Uh, OMR1, or Omri, was programmed to work for the First Order and be placed under the care of C-3PO while being transported to the Resistance base. Uh, he's sort of like um, the Death Star, Death Star droid, if you remember your Kenner action figures. Yeah, I had that droid. Uh, he, 3PO, and several other droids crash land on a planet while en route to the Resistance. Yes, this character could be seen in the, the overpriced... In the infamous overpriced free comic book day should have been one shot C three PO. The much delayed three PO one shot. Or months delayed. Uh, it is after three PO losing his arm to a swamp creature on the planet, does he take Omri's arm as a replacement and comes to find out it has a red primer to it? Um, and he wears it as a tribute of his friendship to the droid who saved his life from the acid rain. You uh, could say that Omri really lent him a hand. Yeah, but not not his not right hand man. It was the left arm, but. Yeah. Uh, Shara Bay comes in at number three, a hotshot pilot for the rebellion. Shara Bay fought the, in the Battle of Endor and then lasted, and then later served in several missions with the likes of Leia Organa and Luke Skywalker to clean up the fragments of the now destroyed Empire. Her travels carried her from the forest moon of Endor to Naboo, and her piloting skills saved the day several times over. She eventually passed on her and her piloting talents to her son, Poe Dameron, who himself would become a great pilot in the Resistance. If I remember right, Shara Bay is from the Leia series, isn't, isn't she? Um, that makes sense. I mean, you, you've... I think she was she was definitely in one of the original trilogy era. I think it was, I think she comics. was. In, I think. Uh, let me check Wikipedia. Uh, first appearance. What was her first appearance? I think her first appearance actually might have been Shattered Empire. Mm. Uh, Shattered Empire one, two, three, and four. Well, there it is. And then Poe Dameron number seven, mentioned only, and before the Awakening, mentioned only. So she was in Shattered Empire. I, I knew there were some. Well, there you go. Um, number four, Lu, Lulo. Uh, Lulo is a pilot from uh, the Force Awakens movie. Uh, wait, no. Yes. He's one of the Duras aliens. Mm, is he? Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes. Although Lulo's influence isn't as far-reaching as some of the others on this list, he's still significant because of his involvement in the lives of important figures, both in the Rebellion and the Resistance. 
the Duros alien initially served in the rebellion alongside Shara Bay and then later helped locate Lorsan Tekka as part of the Black Squadron under the leadership of Poe Dameron. So, served for both sides of the family. Oh, there you uh, go. Now, Posh Davni, Davani, uh, was a engineer displaced on the planet of Scori Lay as a result of the war between the Rebellion and the Empire. Uh, Posh Davni is a hulking figure who saved a gravely injured Leia Organa by hiding the gravely wounded princess in her home. Uh, despite f- feeling conflicted about the galaxy politics, galactic politics, Daphne helps Leia escape stormtroopers by hunting for her and later joins the rebellion after reasoning that it's all worth, all worth risking death so as long as it brings hope to the galaxy. You know who this person reminds me of, who Posh reminds me of? She reminds me of She-Hulk. Just not a, she's just not green. Yeah. I mean, the, the photo, I'm looking at the same article. It came from StarWars.com. And the it, the pictures that the the it's like a page out of the comic book, without the word bubbles, and I'm telling you, she could be She Hulk. Yeah. Spray her green, and and she's Jennifer Walters. Yep. Now number six is Low Low Rihanna. Uh, Lou Rihanna. That too. Yeah. A member yeah. of the ancient of an ancient alien race, Lou Rihanna, is known for being one of the oldest and greatest racers in the. F- famed Dragon Void Run, a dangerous and harrowing race uh, that we see featured in the Han Solo miniseries. Um, she becomes friends with Solo after learning that they share similar qualities and personality traits. Um, she is also significant in the comics because she is part of the species never seen in the Star Wars canon prior to the release of the Han Solo books, which I would love to see her make, see that race make an appearance in the comics or in the, uh, in the movies. It'd be cool. In the movies? Well, you know, when you see this Han Solo spinoff, it, we just might. It, you see a Lou Riano, you could see it because she, she reminds me kind of like, uh, of the Caminos, the Caminoans from uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, put some fish fins on a Kaminoan. Yeah. And you've kind of and you've kind of got that. She almost reminds me of a Kit Fisto, but without the the tentacle hair. Yeah, in the close ups, you're right. Yeah, I'm trying. Now, to, I am trying to think who she re, who she reminds me of. There's a character I cannot place. The character Abe Sabian. Yes, from Hellboy. Yes, you are absolutely so, right. So that'd be cool. Abe Sabian. Yeah, the, this, it'd be cool if this was a, a kind of a a tribute to Mike Manola. Since he he pretty much retired this year or this past year, mm, yeah. Now number seven is Evian Valane. Uh, she was born on Alderaan and mentioned and mentored by Mentor. Leia's adoptive mother. Uh, Evian is a pilot for the Rebellion whose service dates all the way back to the Battle of Scarif. Uh, yeah. Shortly after the first successful attack on the Death Star, Evian meets Leia and brashly voices her distrust and disappointment in the princess' seemingly apathy toward the total destruction of Alderaan. Later, the two would find common ground and become eventual friends while disobeying orders and launching their own mission to rescue surviving Alderaanians yeah. scattered throughout the galaxy. And basically, she is a character... That showed up in the Princess Leia uh, limited series, written by and, it was written by Mark Wade, if I remember yeah. right. 
and, and you know, I kind of like this character because she did kind of have a valid point. It's kind of like, don't you care about these people, about the people that were killed? Don't you care about the ones that may still be out there? Yeah, and it's got- kind of hard not to it's kind of hard not to sympathize with that with that argument with that perspective simply because you know she now, was born and bred Alderaan. Yeah. Well, and so not, it's kind of like she wasn't it, born Alderaan but well, well Leia wasn't it, but she was. Well, Val- Valentine's Day wasn't a good day for them cuz they were looking for love in Alderaan places. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> On to the final one. Agent Terex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agent Terex, a stormtrooper turned servant of the First Order. Uh, he's a complex villain who works tirelessly to disrupt the efforts of Poe Dameron in order to find the location of Lorsan Tekka. See? Crossed over into... Um, whatchamacallit? The First Order. Into the sequel uh, trilogy. The, the Poe Dameron series. Yeah. Uh, post The Force Awakens, we, we, we're still learning a lot about the structure of the First Order, and meaning Terex offers us a look at some of the more diverse attitudes and philosophies that's in, in its foundation. Seemingly genial and maintaining an, an air of charming decorum, Terex is a dangerous, calloused individual whose disregard for life is borderline sociopathic. Um, that and his ability to charismatically rival Dameron in every scene they share makes him entertaining, even if he is the bad guy. So, The bad guy should be as entertaining as the good guy. Yeah, and in this case, it is. It absolutely is. No, I'm, I'm just saying, in general, that should be the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um... So, yeah, uh, I guess that only leaves one thing, and that would be... And that's the comic book shot by the Shazbots. Um... It's only going to be six titles this week. Uh, we Kylan tried to send us his stuff, but it got intercepted by Hydra or by AIM or by both groups. Or by or, aliens. No. I'm going to be like that guy on the History Channel. Aliens. You, you don't have enough hair for it. Well, I've got plenty of hair, just not like the Centauri hair frill. <laughs> oh, you remember yeah. that on Babylon 5 where you just had these, yeah. these wild-looking, they're almost like hair collars? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Eric, how about you go first? Okay. Well, today we'll go down in infamy as the day the intern was out because most of the picks that I have either have very little to say or don't say anything at all. Yeah. So this, you know, it's kind of like, you know, hey, Marvel, thanks a lot. This is I'm getting these off of Marvel's own uh, calendar, marvel.com slash calendar. My first pick of the week is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number six. That's all I have. Well, then. Well, I'm going to go into one that I don't think anyone would ever expect me to pick. The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 18. I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Uh, Squirrel Girl has met a mysterious benefactor who has given her flying squirrel suit, who has given her a flying squirrel suit. That is more definite. That is definitely reliable and trustworthy. All is fine in the world. Yes, you may be saying yes, of course, and certainly it sounds like this is going to be a refreshing, refreshingly calm and event-free issue. 
of my favorite Talking Squirrel comic. But if you recall what the last few pages of our previous issue dramatically revealed, you'll remember that, no, we're actually all in a lot of trouble. Squirrel Girl is being manipulated by someone whose motivations nobody knows. Nancy is struggling with a challenging programming problem off-panel, which is why you didn't see it in the last issue. But don't worry, she'll figure it out. And a chicken named Alfredo is in a high-stakes battle for his own life. A chicken named Alfredo? <laughs> Gasp at a secret invasion of a character of character motivations. Thrill at, the, at a chaos war of emotions. Boggle as monsters truly get unleashed. And Dorian's fate hangs in the balance. Squirrels and girls and punching. Oh, my. So your number two pick. My number two pick is Spider-Man Deadpool number 15. (sighs) Penciled by Scott Koblish, Riley Brown as the cover artist. The intern got in a few words on this one. Till death do us, part two of six. (laughs) That's it? That's it. (sighs) Well, my second pick is Man-Thing number one. Marvel welcomes R.L. Stein, beloved runner, writer R.L. Stein from Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Fear Street brings a special brand of horror to Man-Thing. After working for years, Man-Thing has regained his ability to speak and has taken Hollywood by storm. And this is a five-issue mini. Okey this dokey. is number one of that five-issue mini. Well, okie dokie. Well, my third and final pick of the week is Guardians of the Galaxy number 1.1. Written by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, penciled by David Baldion and uh, Michael Walsh doing the cover art. Uh, This one, the intern actually wrote something for. Guardians of the Galaxy number 1.mu, a Monsters Unleashed tie-in. The Guardians reunite for a special Monsters Unleashed mission. Groot has been kidnapped by a Leviathan. It's up to the Guardians to set aside their differences and save their friend. Wow. Well, my final pick is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number five. Hey, she's one of the eight characters that changed the galaxy. Yeah. Has Aphra actually found a lost ancient Jedi site? And if so, can she make it, make it out with her life? And if so, will she be able to get a good price for it? So that's uh, that's my picks. That's Eric's Those picks. Those your picks? Well, we still have one pick left to go. And uh, normally this would be your pick for the week. Yeah. But but I just happened, I, I, I actually begged this one off of him, folks, because I wanted to tie in. I, I love tying into uh, subjects that are in our conversations during the issue. And you, I love. You, you might have saved everyone for a moment and a um, outrageous title this week. Well, or for this month, since this is book of the month pick. Oh snap! This is book of the month. Oh wow! So, so I just stole a whole big thing from you, didn't I? I'm okay with that. Okay. All right, then let's just go ahead and dive into it. This would be uh, Shattered Heroes Battle Scars number one. And this comes, uh, it was published in January 2012. uh, And it has the very first appearance of one Agent Phil Coulson. And that's really uh, that's really about all I can, I really want to talk about it because we're going to be talking about it in book club later. And, uh, and, and, well, I will just say this, uh, Phil's nickname 
in this is it's actually kind of funny. His nickname is Cheese. But yeah, the the reason that I picked it this week is because uh, Phil Coulson makes his very first appearance in this issue. And uh, he's not known necessarily as Agent Coulson. He's known as Cheese. That's so cheesy. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, at, at least he's not part of the Howling Commandos monster division. Uh, I was wondering where you're going with that. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it's it's got Captain America, it's got uh, Sharon Carter, it's got S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, it's got Taskmaster, and uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait until Book Club 2 and discuss this in depth. Yeah, a question. After uh-huh. his, after his uh, interaction with Loki, they became known as Swiss. Oh! <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> That may be the best bad pun you've made this year. I thought that one was rather good. Uh, I've already used that one. You can't use that. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and think about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I think think it's about that time. Is it about that time? Uh, I think so. Uh, Any final thoughts before we hit that time? Uh, I think we ran out of final thoughts about 10 minutes ago. Before the cheese pun started. Well, before we grate on our listeners' nerves anymore. I, <laughs> yeah, I had to get one more in. You had to get one more. Yeah. All right. Um, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. I am so glad to see Lola get some love in Lego form. Yes. Yes. It, it's uh, it seems like the Marvel sets are are still that much better than than DC sets. I mean, there's been some. I don't cool know. There's a, there are a few of the DC sets that I like, but uh, no, Lola was the the sole reason that I bought this set, and uh, you know, I tried to talk to. Uh, to tag Clark Gregg, the uh, the guy who plays Colson, and uh, in the picture that I posted on Facebook, asking him to, uh, you know, to come on the show and share his thoughts about me and what loves him. Right. And, and try to draw him out, I actually took a picture of Touch Lola, and I figure if that doesn't bring him out, nothing will. And unfortunately, at the moment, it hasn't. No, it hasn't, so I'm thinking nothing will. Uh, I say we keep egging them on. 